127 and Psalm 128. And so tonight, I want God put on my heart this matter of children. And of course, summertime is a great time in the ministry of a church like ours to reach young people. And, and folks, look, I love to see uh, people of any age growing in the Lord. I love to see people of any age being saved. But you do understand that when a child is reached with the gospel, that God gets a whole life. And that's an exciting thing to see young people have an opportunity to hear things that I never heard until I was about 17, 18, 19 years of age. And uh, that's why I, I have a deep passion for children and children's ministry. And I think we need to invest in this worthy cause because Jesus made much of children. And it, whatever the Lord made much of, then we need to make sure that what, where the Lord places his emphasis, that we place the emphasis there also. And as a church, we need to make sure that we're doing that. Now, you know, if you think about this by way of introduction tonight, when you think of children, and you think of this world, especially the United States of America, uh, there was an event that has had a lasting influence on American life since 1973. I don't know if that year rings a bell, but that was the year that they made the decision to legalize abortion in America. Uh, that decision, by the way, which was a U.S. Supreme Court decision, that legalized abortion said that the termination of an unwanted pregnancy was something that was between a woman and her doctor, and that's how they deemed it. That decision that was made by the U.S. Supreme Court would fundamentally change the American society forever. It has had a lasting effect. Matter of fact, it's 45 years ago this year that Roe v. Wade remains controversial because Americans, not just Christians, but Americans remain deeply divided on this matter of abortion and really what abortion is. Now tonight, the message is not about abortion, but I want you to understand that we have to, as Christians, understand the sanctity of life, how precious life is. Notice what the Bible says about life there in your notes, and we'll get to Psalm 127, Psalm 128 in just a minute, but the Bible says in Psalm 100 in verse number 3, know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. <coughs> Understand tonight that many folks in this world do not necessarily like who they are, but understand that God is the one that makes us. Isaiah the prophet said, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things. Isaiah said about 20 chapters later, But now, O Lord, thou art our Father, we are the clay, and thou art our potter, and we are all the work of thy hand. I love the way that the psalmist put it in Psalm 139. Look at these words. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Folks, you start looking in the Word of God, and that's just a sample of how God views life, how God views children. And I see how important it is that just like Jeremiah said, before I formed thee, In the belly, notice the words here, God says, I knew thee. Before I ever formed thee, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. We have an amazing God, do we not? God is so good. And when you think about how much, now I know we, and and I think we should, we make much about how God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But you think about, listen, long before Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins, God knew us before we were ever formed. God knew exactly what was going to happen in our lives. He says, before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. You see, God makes much out of life. You know why? Because He's the giver of life. And what did God say all the way back in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus? Look at it. The Bible says in Exodus 20 in verse 1, and then he completes the thought in verse 13, God spake all these words saying, and then when you get to verse 13, the Bible says, thou shalt not what? Kill. Now folks, flat out, that's what abortion is. It's murder. Uh, You see people doing this, all the time without thought of life. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose what? Life. Choose life. I mean, you, th- you think about, and I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, how selfish it is of some people over the years that have taken their own life and and many times feel like, listen, there's no use, there's nowhere to go, I don't know where to turn to, but the Bible says, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. When I think about life and I think about God, listen, God has a heart for his children and when God sees what's going on and how life is being taken, God's heart is grieved over what is happening in the world today. See, the question tonight is, how does God view children? I mean, some of us would say, well, I know the answer to that. But let's look to the Word of God tonight to see how does God view children? Because if we know the answer to that question, how does God view children? then the truth is, is that then we know how we should view children. Look, if children are precious in his sight, they ought to be precious in our sight. And we we need to see. Now, when I I look at some of the things in the news and some of the things I've, I've witnessed in this world, 
it all boils down to this when you think of children because many times you're either going to think children are a blessing or children are a burden. And I, I realize even as a parent from time to time it, it could seem like things come up, things happen in life, but I'll be honest with you, I'm glad God gave me the children that he has and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anything different than what God gave me, but I see a lot of people who view their children as a burden instead of viewing them as a blessing. I don't think that God would ever think about a child as a burden, but many people think that way about children. Somebody said you can tell a whole lot about a society by the way it treats its children. I think that's true. You see how children are being treated. If you look in the Bible, back in the Old Testament, here's what you'll find is the pagans in the Old Testament, they actually sacrificed their children to pagan gods. And at the same time that that was going on, that they were sacrificing their children to the pagan gods, the Jewish people, they were actually teaching their children something. That was quite the different. Talk about a 360. Notice what the Jews taught their children in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Here's what they taught their children in what often is a part of what is known as the Shema. The Bible says here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. That's a great thing to teach a child, is it not? I'm glad that children come and go to Miss Caitlin's class on Sunday and go to Miss... Uh, 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 Chelsea's class back there, Brother Andrews, and go in with the Chadwicks and, and, and go to Zach and, and his wife's class. I'm glad that our children are getting an opportunity to, to understand what the Bible says that, listen, you don't have to, you don't have to hate God. You, don't have to, uh, you can actually get to know Him. As a matter of fact, as you grow up, you need to learn to love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And it, look, here's what I see from the Word of God is that the, the children of Israel, the, the Jewish people, they took God seriously. When God said that he wanted them to impress these truths onto the hearts and minds of their children. I mean, believe it or not, I think we all know this, someone or something is teaching our children today. Now, I would rather the Lord and godly people be teaching our children than this old world teaching our children. And, and you see this continued. Look at Deuteronomy as we look a couple verses later. Look at these words, the instruction that God gave to the parents of these children. He says in verse 7, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Did you notice the, the phrase there that I saw four times? The Bible says, when thou, when thou sittest, when thou walkest, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. In other words, every part of your life, you need to use it as a teaching moment. Very, very important that we do this. A lot of times when my children were younger, 
and something would happen. I remember that, that as uh, I was going through a difficult time at the age of 28 and I had contracted rheumatic fever and I didn't even really know what it was and it just, it just hit me like a Mack truck and, and physically I didn't have strength, I couldn't get up. I was in bed for about a month and I remember how my wife, I think I mentioned it before, my wife would get up and she'd go to work, she'd take the children to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and she would come home. And after a couple weeks of not working, my, my pastor took it upon himself and in, just like our church, they saw a need there among one of the families of the church. And my pastor, it was, it was really his uh, way he would do things. He, he wanted to be a blessing to our family. And so he, he called personally, called through the church membership and said, Hey, listen, we're, we have a family that has a real need and we're, we're going to give them a food shower, they called it. Anybody ever been a part of something like that, a food shower? And uh, they, don't, they don't throw it on top of you, but it's... It's, it's kind of a neat thing, and my, my wife went to church that Sunday, and uh, she was there in the service, and what was amazing was he called our house and said, hey, listen, he said the same thing to my wife. We've got a needy family, and we're asking folks to bring groceries, and he was afraid if he didn't call her that maybe she would figure it out. So my wife actually got into our pantry. We didn't have much to eat because I hadn't worked for a month. My wife got some groceries and took him to church. And she put them with all the rest of the groceries. At the end of the service, they, my pastor says, listen, we've got a family that we want to be a blessing to. And all the men of the church went out into the foyer. Everyone grabbed a couple bags of groceries. They brought them in and they set them all across the front of the platform. And after he got all the groceries up, he says, I, I'd like to call that family to the platform just to let them know how much we love them because all these groceries are for them. And then he called my wife's name and my wife said, I couldn't believe he called my name because honestly we had been so blessed by the Lord and when my wife came home and had all those groceries I thought she had had popped a gasket and gone grocery shopping we didn't have any money and I thought where did she get all this stuff and I didn't realize and she told me what had happened and how my pastor had done that and before we did anything I don't know if Chelsea remembers this but I grabbed all my children and I brought them close and I said, listen, do you see all this? I said, this is from the hand of God. God has blessed our family for being faithful. And God many times will do something like that. But look, folks, we have to take those opportunities, as he's mentioning here, that he impressed upon the Jewish people when it comes to their children. Look, God will bless any adults who show the love of Jesus to the children of this world. We're going to have opportunities this summer to reach out to children that, yes, they're not perfect, but guess what? No one in this auditorium tonight is either. But they need to see the love of God. They need someone to show them why, because those children are gifts from Almighty God. And we need to do our part to treasure them and not take them for granted. Look what the Bible says in Matthew 18, what Jesus said, Whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Boy, what a, what a tremendous verse. You receive a child in my name, you receive me. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. 
He said, because Jesus loves children, look at this, the verse says there, if I'm reading it right, those who harm those children are going to have to answer to Jesus. And I think it's, it's a responsibility that God's given to us. Now, look in your Bibles in Psalm 127. Look what the Bible says here tonight in these two small but very powerful, I think these verses are linked together. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a, of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that, uh, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. Some tremendous verses here, how that through these psalms we're seeing how God feels about children and how those children can be a blessing in our lives and not be a burden. And I hope tonight you see this from these two psalms. Notice, first of all, you see there on the screen that children are a gift from God. Back in verse 3 of Psalm 127, the Bible says, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Children come directly from the hand of Almighty God. They are a gift from God. They're gifts of God's grace sent from heaven to this earth. And I'll tell you, there's nothing in life that I think gives you more pleasure or equals when you see your children growing up. Boy, you see how, how they're, they're growing in many ways in their lives. But you know what children are? They're a way of preserving life and your family into the next generation, into the generation beyond that. All of us, I think, in life want to be remembered when we're gone. And one way that we are remembered is by the children that we leave behind. It's scary sometimes when you start to see yourself in your kids. It, it can be a, a very daunting thing sometimes uh, when you see that. But listen, we, have, uh, we want to create a legacy, and that legacy will remain as long in this life after our accomplishments have been forgotten. Look, if the children that we leave behind, as those Jewish folks taught their children, if the children that we leave behind love the Lord and they want to serve the Lord, then what we've done with our lives is not in vain. We need to make sure that we're making the most out of understanding that children are a gift from God. 
John mentioned in 3 John 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. What a great thought. And that is, look, every one of us need to understand that every child that comes into this world bears the fingerprint of Almighty God. And the Lord loves little children. And guess what? Because He does, so should we. We should love children. You know why? Because according to the Word of God, they're a gift from God. Notice secondly tonight, as we continue through Psalm 127, the Bible tells us secondly that children are like arrows, that they need to be sharpened and they need to be aimed. Now again, I don't know if you've ever messed with arrows before, but the Bible says here in verse 4, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Now, again, I'm not an expert, but I know this, that arrows are small, but they're powerful. They're small, but they're powerful. And you think about a child, what a child could or what a child can do. They're small, but they're powerful. An arrow must be sharpened well. And you think about a child, we need to do the same thing as you would do with that arrow. We need to help shape the hearts of our children. We need to help to shape the lives of children. You know, a child doesn't know what it needs. It's, it's almost like you look many times, if you put a bunch of fruit, food in front of a child, he or she doesn't know when to stop eating. And that, that, that's where we come in. That's where adults, that's where caring people come in. That we need to invest and we need to make sure that we nurture them. We help to shape them. How about this? Arrows can travel far. And I think about children. Who knows how far a child will go? I was at home and I was visiting with my mom and dad and my sisters were there and, and their spouses, and we were having my mom's 80th birthday. And my sister said to me, and this happens to me every time I go home, hey, we ran into so-and-so last week, and we were talking, and they asked me, how's Dane? Now, you have to understand, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school all my life. So anybody that ever inquires about me, that's all they remember about me because they haven't seen me in 30-some years. And every time somebody asks one of my siblings or my parents, how's Dane? The very next words out of someone in my family's mouth is, well, he's a Baptist preacher down in Florida. <laughs> every time. And, and here's the thing is, people's thoughts, and by the way, I'm where I am today by the grace of God. But if you would have said to me or my parents or anybody that knew me back then, yeah, someday that guy's going to be a preacher, they would have laughed you out of the place. But you know, when you think about those children that come to our church and walk through the doors on Sunday and they steal your donuts out on the table and we get aggravated with them, think about this. We have no idea where they're going to end up someday. Just like an arrow. We have no idea where those children, how far a child may go. Think about this, an arrow, according to the passage, it must be aimed 
in order to hit the target. It must be aimed. And as a parent or as an adult, think about this. What are you helping children aim their lives at? You know, I'm glad that I don't have to tell the Chadwicks what to do when they go back to Children's Church. Listen, they're doing everything that they can, like Brother, Brother Kenny and Miss Becky and Brother Chris and Miss Abby and Brother Jerry and Miss Carla and anyone else that teaches in this church. We're trying to help them. We're aiming them at the right target. We want them to hit something that's going to help them. When you study this matter of arrows and archers, this is what I found is, is that archers spend countless hours, think about this now, countless hours preparing their arrows. They choose carefully the right kind of wood. They cut it precisely to size. They spend hours and hours polishing it, shaping it, fitting it with feathers, and putting an arrowhead on it. And then they carefully aim those arrows because an arrow that does not go towards the correct target can cause great harm. And you take that thought and apply it to what he says here in Psalm 127, and I think about oftentimes how we make so little out of a little life. How we many times trifle at children. Again, Jesus made much of children. Somebody said in this statement that I think I put in your notes tonight, I want to preface this statement by telling you that it caught my attention, but this statement is over 100 years old. Look at the statement. Parents must not trifle with their children like idiots playing with sharp tools. Now, here's what happens is too many times parents trifle with their children and here's what happens. They wonder why their children turn out the way they do. I, I don't understand why he's the way he is. What we need to do is try to raise our children to learn how to change this world for the Lord Jesus Christ. Like the Bible says in Acts 17, we need to be helping our children to turn this world upside down for the cause of Christ. Our children need to be impact players for the Lord. And here's what happens is, is that many times as adults, as parents, we dream too small for children. Now, don't get me wrong. I think some of these things are, are noble things. We want our children to get an education. We want them to, to find a career. We want our children to settle down and start a family and marry a good person. We want them to maybe eventually... Uh, you know, uh, find that right person. But look, can I tell you, all those things are good, but they're not enough. Because the bottom line is, do we want our children to serve the Lord? To serve the Lord. I don't want my kids to serve the Lord because I serve the Lord. Just like the Jewish people, they taught their children. They helped to impress upon them the importance of loving the Lord God with all their heart. And look, this isn't going to happen by accident. Just like those arrows, just like that archer, we have to shape our children just like they would with those arrows, and then we need to aim them in the right direction. Point them in the right direction. You know, a lot of times you talk to 
to, to children, young people, and you'll say to them, what are you going to do when you graduate? I don't know. You going to go to school? I don't know. What are you going to study? I don't know. And that's the way most of I, I, I was pretty amazed. We went over to my sister-in-law's house uh, after, after we went to church on Sunday, and we were sitting there, and I, my two nephews, I've never seen two boys that say nothing. They just sat there at the table. Stonewall Jackson, not a word. Everything they said, I had to pull out of them. I found out that my, my oldest uh, nephew, that he's working a job washing dishes. And so I said to him, I said, uh, what are you going to do with all that money that you make? He says, I'm going to buy three, three, a 350Z or whatever it is. And I, I, I kind of knew the car that he was talking But he just spat that out. And I said, really? I said, uh, did you already have your eye on one? Yep, 2002. I said, I said well, how much is this car? $5,000. I looked at my wife and said, wow, a young person that actually knows what they want to do. Now, it's probably not the best thing, but he knows what he, look, he's got some kind of direction. Look, folks, we need to make sure we're pointing children towards the Lord. Like these arrows, they need to be sharpened and they need to be aimed. Look at thirdly about children tonight. As we look in Psalm 127 and verse 5, children are the strength of the home. Now, look at this verse again. The Bible says, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now, what is this about when it comes to children? Well, certainly, you see families, and I, I think, honestly, most, most families have bought into this philosophy in the world today because you see a lot of families with, with just one child or two children, because they think to themselves, well, children are expensive. Yes, they are. But can I tell you, are they worth it? Yes, they are. Now, I've reminded my daughters that it cost me about 165000 to raise each one of them. You know, And I've told them they owe that money back to me. I've told them that many times. But, but you know, here's the thing is, is that when you see a large family, understand, that's an indication of God's special blessing upon... Now, again, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think sometimes... Folks want to have children, maybe can't have children, but, but when you see the quiver full, you see a, a large family, you see a, a sign of God's special blessing, and somebody said, well, how full is full? In other words, how many children should you have? I don't really think there's an answer to that. I think you see families with a few children and many children, but in every place that you see uh, the, the, the Bible talk about children, here's what you find. That children are a blessing. Every time you see it, whether it's a couple children. I tell people all the time, you know, especially my own children, that after we had two children, because you have one for each one of the, the husband and wife, after you have two, when you get to three, you're outnumbered anyways. You might as well have six, eight, 12 of them, right? And uh, I tell people that all the time. I mean, if you're outnumbered, you're outnumbered. And, and you might as well enjoy it, but children are a strength to the home. And he says here that quiver, when your quiver is full. Now, somebody said quivers are like shoes. They come in many sizes. And you see homes all different sizes. But what's interesting is, is that if you look back in Bible days, many times uh, fathers would sit in the gate and oftentimes they would do business. They would discuss things. 
And there would be times where people would be called out. In other words, they would have to defend themselves. Somebody might say, you know, are you telling the truth or whatever, call them out. And it was always good to have someone that could stand up for you, somebody that would say, he's telling the truth. And that's what this verse is getting to, and it's making reference to children is, is that a father with many children has many defenders when he is falsely accused. What happens is this family, these children would stand and they would testify of his good name. And what you see here is a, a family that's united to defend itself against all attacks. Look at the verse again. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. See, God's blessing is not seen in worldly wealth. And a lot of times that's the way people equate it, the accumulation of things. But notice that God's blessing is in a happy family that rallies to the call whenever there is trouble, when trouble comes their way. I mean, listen, folks, honestly, I love the fact that you see that children can be a strength in the home. A lot of times we don't think of it that way, but that's the way they can be according to the Word of God. And so children are a gift from God. Children are like arrows. They need to be sharpened. They need to be aimed. Children are the strength of the home. Then look at number four. I really believe this. Children are the hope of the home. Go to Psalm 128. Look at verse number three. The Bible says, Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Now, two, two uh, words here. The first one I want you to focus in on is he mentions in verse number three about the wife. She is as a fruitful vine. Now, if you study it out, here's what you find is the vine would actually make the house beautiful. Vines many times brought shade to the porches, to the verandas of houses. The vine would provide uh, comfort and coolness to the house, and it would enrich the table many times because from those vines would be ripened grapes and other types of things that come off the vine. And the Bible says, so is a wife, or could I say tonight, a godly wife to her husband. She's the crown of her husband, the one that supports her, the one that is her strength. And this man, this husband that has this wife that is providing beauty and, and shelter and, and things for the home, this husband is a happy man because his home is a happy place. I'm glad that uh, we had, for the most part, growing up uh, with our children, we had a happy home. I didn't grow up in that kind of a home. I didn't grow up in a home where there was always laughter. But I, I tried my best to have a happy home. And notice it starts with the vine. It starts with the wife. She's the one that provides so many things. And look, happy families are still possible. And here's the key, where God's word is taken seriously. I think that when we're serious about, as a family, what the Bible says, I think we're going to have a happy home. Now, he also mentions not only the vine, but notice in the part of verse 3, he goes to the children because he covered the vine, the wife, but then he says, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Now, olive plants, they, olive shoots actually speak of 
great potential for the future. Now, again, they're children. But, you know, if you look at mature olive trees, here's what you find is they produce fruit, they produce wood, they produce valuable oil. And in the same way, the children that God gives to us, they have vast potential for good. Children can do good in their lives. There is the potential there. They are the hope of the home. You know, somebody said, and I believe it's true, no one can tell what a child may become. What a child may become. Some of you that still have children, that's probably the thought on your mind. Wonder what my child's going to be like someday. I couldn't be more proud of my children, but listen, that didn't come by accident. We have to help our children. We have to shape them. We have to aim them in the right direction. Now, let me give you a couple thoughts as we conclude tonight thinking about God's view. Remember, that's, this isn't my view. I'm just sharing with you from Psalm 127, Psalm 128. What's God's view for children? Because remember, whatever God's view is for children, that should be our view. What, what does God want when it comes to children? Notice number one, children and happy families are a gift from God's hand. Children and a happy family is a gift. From God's hand. Number two, God's blessings are available to anyone who seeks them. They're available to anyone. God wants to bless your life. He wants to bless your home. And they're available to anyone who seeks them. Number three, children are worth all the love, all the effort, all the investment of our time and resources. Folks, look, it won't be long, and I'll be standing up here as your pastor, and I'll say, it's time for vacation Bible school. And it's look here, you know what, I, what, what I'm hoping is, like we've seen in the past? A church full of people, a family that says, I love children, and I want to see God work in their hearts. And can I tell you, look, I know we pack a lot into that one week, but it's worth every last bit of our time and every last bit of our resources. Children are worth it. Look at the next one. Happy is the family where there is a godly heritage being passed down across the generations. A godly heritage. You know, look, if you're like me, I don't, I don't have a, a, a godly line to look back to. I don't have a great, great, great-granddaddy that was a Baptist preacher. And when I got saved, I realized I may not have that heritage, but here's what I tried to determine if the Lord would allow me to. I want to start one. I want to start a godly heritage for my children. My children should. Look, my kids, you can ask my daughter, I am long for being perfect, but I want to be a godly man. I want to try to live for the Lord, and I'm going to tell you folks, we need to understand we're going to be happy as a family if there is a godly heritage. Look at number five. Our children represent the hope of the future. As adults, we must continue to show them the ropes and serve as mentors and role models. Mentors and role models. Some of you, your children are grown, maybe you don't have children. Folks, listen, 
I hope your eyes and hearts are open. There are children all over this place that need someone to mentor them and to shape their lives to be a role model for them. And folks, I'm going to tell you, don't miss that opportunity because children really do represent the hope of the future. None of us are getting any younger. Someone will take our place. And we need to see how important it is that we invest in young people. And then the last one, a happy family is still possible where God's word is taken seriously. Where God's word is taken seriously. We have to make the word of God a priority. That's what Brother Flynn spoke on last Wednesday night. The word of God. Folks, there's not a greater possession that you have for your children than the word of God itself. Now look at Psalm 128 again, because I want you to see one last thing before we leave tonight. Look how Psalm 128 ends. In verse number six, he says, Yea, thou shalt see. Notice, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. You know, I'll tell you, being a parent is awesome. Being a grandparent, it's off the charts. Off the charts, you know? Because I'm going to tell you something. I love to see my children in my grandchildren. And this is what we see tonight. Look, somebody said, may you live to see your grandchildren playing at your feet. God will bless those who love the children the way that God loves them. And we have to see tonight that we've got to view children the way God views them. Hey, folks, listen, we've got opportunities coming up this summer. Not only do we have our normal children's Sunday school classes, we've got our children's churches, we've got a Sunday night program, but we've also got junior camp this coming week, we've got teen camp, we've got vacation Bible school. Say, Pastor, why do we do all this stuff? Because Jesus loves children, and he makes much out of them. And we need to view children the way God does. Let's pray tonight. Lord, thank you that we have an opportunity to be a blessing, to help, to mentor and model for these young people coming up behind us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see how very important the responsibility is that you've given to us, not just as parents, but as Christian adults. Lord, help us to see those little boys and girls the way you see them not as some little child that's got maybe snot running down his face, but Lord, as a little child that you love. And God, you have big plans for him. And use us, Lord, to encourage them. Because if we do not invest in them, if we do not love them and point them towards you, this whole world will draw them in. Now, Lord, bless our church in the days ahead as we try to minister to children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.